Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes, a real play Call of Cthulhu RPG campaign using Roll20.net. I am your keeper of arcane lore, Jeremy Boomstick Johnson. Your investigators of the unknown are Brian Johnson as Samantha Sam Brewster. Good evening. George Gallagher as Chuck Blaine. Mediocre evening. And Matt Zelish as Daniel Williams. I'd like to remind all of our listeners that now is the time to put on your special Lovecraft Tapes stereoscopic 3D glasses if you have them. You're supposed to say bad evening. He's not following a script. He's off script. How are we doing tonight? What's everybody eating and drinking? Buffalo Trace 90 proof bourbon. I'm drinking uh, tap water with uh, a little bit of lime. Sparkling mineral water, Perrier. I'm drinking some uh, good old-fashioned ginger ale. Nice, Verners. That's a Michigander for you. Yeah. We need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. This fall on DBN, he's Fred, a rough-and-tumble private eye in 1950s Los Angeles. She's Francine, a hoity-toity high priestess in the Church of Starry Wisdom. Find out what happens when they're forced to spend the rest of their mortal lives confined to one tiny apartment in Upper Arkham. Laughs, chills, spills, delight as this oddest couple yet argues over whose turn it is to make dinner. Francine uses a shining trapezohedron to summon the haunter in the dark to their kitchen, and Fred banishes the enraged creature to scrub their toilets. Before you know it, bullets and sparks are flying as this dynamic duo shed their clothes and their skins. Watch Moonfighting, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Dagon Broadcast Network. We summon you to watch. No, seriously, we summon you. And we're back. So we need to recap what happened last time on the Lovecraft Tapes. Matt, would you like to take the honors? Sure, I will take a stab at this. So last time we uh, we were with Hia. We got called into Alfred Hitchcock's office to discuss the disappearance of one Stan Brophy, who was a very hardworking guy who just kind of dropped off the face of the planet. He was uh, gone for two weeks, and his uh, secretary, Mary Nelson, was the one who reported him missing. So we uh, went over to Mr. Brophy's office, had a nice chat with Mary Nelson, paid her $40, and we got ourselves uh, an address, a home address for Mr. Brophy, as well as a interesting piece of information that he had been currently going at it with one Jean St. Jane, a current uh, star of the, the starlet of the moment, as it were. On our way out to go say hi to Miss St. Jane, We noticed that a previously out-of-order elevator had opened and worked. We uh, decided to ignore it at first, went back down in the normal one, and then figured, no, what the hell, and we went back up. uh, And we investigated the broken-down, supposedly, elevator. At one point, uh, Dan decided to climb inside and uh, heard some strange squeaking and moaning noises coming from underneath the elevator. And then the elevator started to drop. And that's where we left off last time. So I will be here for about five minutes, and then it will be these other guys. <laughs> and, and you did take my uh, instruction and roll up new characters, right? I don't want to. Put that on your homework to-do list. Okay. I'll make one up in the next five minutes. Chuck is irreplaceable. I love Sam. Katie loves Sam, too. Bye. It's okay. And now we continue with number 11, chapter 2, 
Dark Angelus. Ding dong dong boom boom. Daniel, you are in the elevator at Stan Brophy's office. Chuck sees the uh, elevator car plummet down. That's promising. At this point, I will like I would like Brian and and George to take off your earphones. We'll give you a thumbs up when you're good to come back. Oh back. boy. Okay. It was nice knowing you. I just like to make a current running note that Dan is currently singing uh, "Free Falling" by Tom Petty in his head. Okay, so right now the other two guys do not have their earphones on. They can't hear us. Hopefully, what happens is you plummet essentially maybe ten feet. You take a little bit of damage. How many hit points do you have? Uh, thirteen. You take two points of damage. Okie dokie. As you collapse onto the and sort of lose your your footing and bonk around a little bit inside the elevator car, immediately. The door swings open, and you see essentially two guys standing there with power tools. And you can see they're clearly elevator repairmen. They're like, what What the fuck are you doing? Hey, guys. How's it going? And they see you're slightly hurt, so they rush in to help you up to your feet. They're like, don't you know we're working on this? Uh, well, actually, I... I didn't because you know the elevator was looked like it was working fine. Uh, I hopped into it and then it just kind of started falling. God, you're lucky to be alive. We, we had it just propped up a, a floor so that we could get to the undercarriage and do a little work on it. Are, are you sure you're okay? Do we need to call a hospital? Or no, no, I'm good. A uh, couple of couple of bruises, but uh, nothing nothing more bruised than my ego at the moment. All right, well, um, it should be functional now. So he goes into the panel and sort of punches some uh, buttons. And uh, enters a secret code, and suddenly it's it seems to be back to normal. Would the secret code perhaps be one, two, three, four? <laughs> so they're like, uh, "Well, uh, you better be on your way. Uh, we'll, we'll send you back up to the first floor." Uh, thanks, guys. And the doors close, and the elevator automatically ascends back up to the first floor. We'll get those guys back in line. I was so lonely. I'm back. <laughs> Sam, you clearly hear something plummet in the elevator shaft and come to a crunching halt. What do you do? I run down to the second floor as fast as I can. What was that? You see Chuck there. What happened? So, how do we get down there? We gotta go to the first floor and see if that's as far as it goes. I hope there's not a basement. Come on, let's go. Alright, so we'll head down to the first floor. So you run to the first floor and you see the doors to the elevator swing open and there's daniel are you okay uh slightly bruised uh in a little bit of pain got knocked around a bit but i'm okay met some really really nice elevator repair guys in the basement what what the, the elevator was propped up so that the repair guys could get at the underside <laughs> did you kill anybody no no they're both <laughs> fine how did you meet them well, well they were kind of surprised to see me when the doors opened it kind of dropped I, I dropped oh god it May have felt like 100 feet, but I'm pretty sure it was probably closer to like 10. I saw my life flash before my eyes. I'm so sorry about your life. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I was back in Nam. Uh, that didn't happen yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you, are you okay? Should we get out of here? Do they need any help before we leave? I'm I'm good. Just a little bit dazed at the moment. What about the repair guys? Are they okay? Yeah, do the we, repair they guys, they're fine. Okay. So let's head to... Should we head to his house? We want to go to his house, or do we want to go to uh, Gene's place? Gene, Gene, the magic bean. Um, I could go either way. What do you guys think? Here, I'll throw my lucky quarter up and see what we get. Heads. Okay, we're going to his house. Looks like we're going to Stan's place. <laughs> Come on, guys. All right, let's go to Stan's place. Everybody in. 
All right. It is currently 10, 10, 30. If you look at the map, you'll see he lives in over towards Santa Monica. So you guys are, arrive at the house. You f- pull up to a small little Santa Monica bungalow. It's bordered by a waist-high stucco wall. There's a small wrought iron gate in the front and a cement path leading up to the front porch. The grass in the yard appears to be overgrown, and there's a gleaming cloud gray Porsche 356 sitting in the driveway, slowly collecting bird droppings that sully the machine's otherwise pampered appearance. Well, should we try the obvious and go to the front door? I think we should wash the car. It's too beautiful a car to be that dirty. Scrub that car. We should investigate the birds. Let's just assume the worst for a moment and what if it's like a hostage situation we probably don't want to knock on the front door maybe we should try and go around back and look inside you think someone's holding stan hostage in his own house for two weeks um i'm not an investigator matt how would i know i'm just in charge of the investigators i'm more of an administrative position well if you'd like i can go i can kind of walk around the back if you guys want to check the front and just yeah let's peek in some windows I'm a peeper from way back. Um, I'm going to go around the back and just peek in some windows, see if uh, maybe a back door is unlocked or any windows are open. Me and Chuck are going to head up to the front and do some peeping up there as well. Let's go ahead and... Roll for peeping. My Rolodex fingering was also a massive success. Uh, Sam, uh, you creep around the back of the house. It appears to be a relatively standard, uh, very small lot. There are... You know, obviously houses, it's kind of like suburbs. So there's, you know, there's quite a few other houses around and each of the houses backs up to another house. He has some shrubberies around back. Should we bring him some? Should we bring him some shrubberies? Uh, It does not look like he has any kind of pets or anything because the the yard is pretty much immaculate. He has uh, a barbecue grill back there, a patio table set. Uh, Looks like maybe he spends some very relaxing Evenings there, drinking quite heavily and (laughs) enjoying uh, what little patch of green he does have. But for the most part, you get the idea that it's sort of like unused and underappreciated, maybe. Okay. So that's what you see. There, There is a back door there. It's just your very standard uh, sliding glass door. It looks to be the uh, curtains have been pulled. On the front walk, Chuck and Daniel, it is, uh, again, you see a very immaculate kept... Uh, front porch very small. Uh, the curtains are all drawn to the front windows, and you do see there is a uh, the front the front door is sort of like mottled glass, so you can't really see in. You can see a little bit of light coming from inside, but you know probably just sunlight from a uh, um, an overhead skylight or something along those lines. And beyond that, uh, there's a mail slot, and yeah. So uh, let's go with Chuck and Daniel first. Since it probably took Sam a little couple minutes to just walk around back. Do we want to try and jiggle the doorknob, or do we want to just try and look in through the windows first? Can we do a spot hidden? Sure. You you can try it anytime you want. Uh, needed a 54, got a 31. and Needed a 45, got a 16. So, yep, good rolls all around. Daniel, you, you do jiggle the handle, and it is clearly locked. But you do see, like, there is a an envelope shoved into the mail slot, sort of stuck in the slot. I'm going to pull that envelope out and see what's written on the front of it. Okay, it appears to be a overdue bill notice uh, from the gas company. 
uh, made out to Stan Brophy. So he hasn't been paying his bills. Chuck finds that quite interesting, so he sort of stoops down with his other spot hidden roll, peeks through the mail slot, and you can see there's basically like two weeks of mail piled up on the uh, inside stoop. What's the date on the overdue bill? It appears to be about a mm, week and a half old. So he could have been defaulting before he went missing. I don't think they would send a collection notice three days after he went away, which indicates maybe there was some money issues. Possibly. Just something to think about. Do we want to wait for Sam or out, out here? Do we want to swing around back to meet her? Well, let's, uh, let's switch to Sam. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to see what I can see with my spot. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I'm going to go up and see if the sliding door is unlocked. And check a couple of the windows and see if they're also. So you rolled a 39, you needed a 76 or below, so that's a really pretty good roll. The back sliding door is closed. It is curtained off, so you can't really see into the house much, but you do notice there is a very small kitchen window that the curtains are parted slightly. Um, I'm going to go ahead and look through the, the part and see if I can see anything in there. You do see a very well-kept kitchen. It's gleaming practically, and it appears to be like just not used at all. It, it's just way too clean, almost like it's a, uh, a model home or something. But with your very good roll, uh, you do see like there's a bit of a layer of dust I'm going to go back to the slider door and see if I can pick the lock on it. Okay, go ahead. Locksmith roll, and that was a failure. I smashed through the window as I was walking towards it. (laughs) Unfortunately, you're unable to pick the lock on the sliding door in the back. And at this stage, we'll go back to Daniel and Chuck. I guess we should stick together. So let's go around back and see and meet up with her. I'll start heading back around the way I came. Back to the front. Uh, you rejoin uh, around, the, I guess, to the side of the house. Did you guys find anything? Pile up mail and past due bills. Yeah, it doesn't look like anybody's been here longer than two weeks. It looks like it's been quite a while that this place has been empty. Front door is locked as well. You get anywhere on that back side of the house? Nope, not at all. Nope, there's, du- there's dust on everything. I got, to, I got a good peek through one of the windows, but it doesn't look like anybody's been here in a while. You try picking any of the locks? Yeah, I tried to pick the uh, the back lock. I don't know what he's got on this thing, but it's uh, it's pretty secure. What about windows? Yeah, I checked a couple of the windows. Nothing, nothing they're all locked. You want to try try going at the, the lock on the front door? Maybe that one's a little older? Yeah, I can try it. You guys want to be my lookout? Roll for lookout. I'll look left. Matt, you look left. Look out! Needed a 50 or less, and I rolled a 58. Yeah, I don't know what kind of locks he's using here, but I cannot, I can't break these. Damn. Uh, at this stage, Daniel hears a car creeping around the corner, and a patrol car rolls up. Uh-oh. You're up, boss. Tell him you're from a collections agency. Wow, that's a surprisingly good idea. I have one of those every full moon. Or Way so. to come out of left field with that one, Matt. Or a blue moon. Two gentlemen uh, get out of the squad car uh one of them is in uh plain old policeman black and the other guy is dressed as a uh, detective he looks pretty familiar and as he walks up to where you three of you are standing this is uh manny black he's known to be a pretty rough and tumble uh police detective for the LAPD. You guys have never officially met, but you've had a few run-ins where his name has cropped up in certain cases. Generally cases where maybe a suspect walked away with a few more bruises than they should have out of the interrogation room. And his partner is Ted Oxley, and both of these gentlemen are uh, yin and yang. Not great people to be around. 
Oh, boy. Ah, yeah, yes. What do we have here? uh, 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 uh. Yeah, yeah, wise guy. So what's going on? What would the uh, fine institution of HIA be doing here? Looking up uh, Stan Brophy. Uh, Looking for Stan Brophy, it seems like a pretty obvious answer. Yeah, does uh, breaking and entering uh, count into that, too? Do I look like I'm inside the house? He kind of looks at Sam. Yeah, I think I know the reason for that. Because Sam? I think uh, maybe maybe uh, Miss Brewster here would like to uh, come on down to the station and let us know, uh, you know, if she's been having any problems with the uh, newfangled locks these days. Kind of hard to arrest people for breaking and entering when they haven't broken or entered. Well, you know, these things are uh, generally taken up and we can just, you know, make a few mocks in the report. We can take care of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think maybe that door is ajar slightly. I don't know. If you have a camera with me, we could take a picture and check. Instead, how about you give me a little bit of a fast talk, <laughs> if you want out of here. That's just going to go swimmingly five, okay. Oh, a five, and you rolled a 59. That was some really slow talk. Now, now, Chuck, do you, would you happen to have any law? Yeah, it's going to also go well, another five. All right, then. Uh, Pretty good at listening. Let's have a talk downtown, all three of you guys. Come on, get in the car. For what? What, what are we being detained Well, I'm just going to give you a free ride downtown. We just need to ask you a few questions. Are we being detained? Oh, you, you well, no. Well, if we're not being detained, then we're going to go. And then he sort, he sort of pushes back his coat a little bit so you can see his revolver. Let me let me open the door for you. Come on come on over here, Chuck. You already failed. If we're not being detained, we're going to go. Fa- you failed your role, so... Uh, oh, I see how it is. <laughs> what? You ain't talking your way out of this one. Ted Oxley sort of menacingly comes after you to make sure you guys all pile into the back of the squad car. Does he park that car at half again? This is this is Boston, <laughs> LA, by the way. We're gonna go far. Before you know it, you are being given a free ride downtown. Ooh. I hit the button to turn the siren on. <laughs> Worst Uber ever. We're we gonna get back and get our car. <laughs> they take you to the main station, the police station in downtown LA, and you are split up and put into holding cells uh, until a uh, time that they want to question you. Oh, man. Yay. I hate this part of the movie. Ah, the old pokey. Is there anything you'd like to do while you're waiting? I'd like to roll for higher new employees. I'm going to start playing harmonica and running a tin cup back and forth across the bars. <laughs> I'm going to astro project to Katie. Who are you, Dr. Strange? If only. <laughs> Several hours later, a uniformed policeman, not uh, Ted Oxley or Manny Black, comes on down. He's like, uh, all right, you guys, uh, the judge wants to see you. The judge. He rounds all three of you guys up, and you're taken to a uh, sort of antechamber, and there's a, a well-known judge there by the name of Judge Carmen Anthony. You know him as a, just a very tough judge. He doesn't brook any kind of bullshit, and he's been known to toss people in the clink for days just because they gave him lip. Well, shoot, I'm going to get life in prison. Chuck. No lip. And, uh, but he is not in his robes or anything. He's just sort of, you know, dressed up in a nice three-piece suit. And uh, he, he appears to be rather put out being called down here. So what's all this then? I, mean, I know you guys. You guys are the here. So uh, what, what kind of bullshit is uh, Ted and Manny trying to pull this time? They say we were breaking and entering when we were just looking inside windows. Was it your property? No, but we weren't even... We were just looking... The best they could get us for is trespassing, which is a misdemeanor at best. All right, don't tell me the law, sir. What was your intent? 
we were hired by Alfred Hitchcock to find one of his missing employees. And in the process of this investigation, we just happened to want to check out his house to make sure he wasn't, you know, taking a few days off for personal reasons and just didn't feel like uh, filing that. The, they, they have a statement from a neighbor who said they saw you poking around trying to break in, breaking into the place. Is that true or not? No. No. Not at all. All right. Fine. Well, this is the first warning for you guys. I don't want to see you down here again. Okay. How many warnings are we allowed? I'd like to take full advantage. Beat it. I got a dinner to go to. Enjoy your dinner. He storms off. I wonder if he's going for Italian. George, quickly, go through his Rolodex with your fingers. This is L.A., man. The, no, he's going to go for some nice Chinese food or something. So uh, you guys are free to go. It is now late afternoon. We might want to uh, catch a cab back to Brophy's place so we can get the car back. I'll call Lyft. Sponsor that us. last Uber we had was terrible. Yeah, you can easily call a cab. Um, as you're waiting out at the front of the station, you see uh, Manny Black and Ted Oxley roll past, watching you, smiling, and then they go around the corner. I'm putting a banana in this tailpipe. After about uh, 15, 20 minutes, a cab rolls up, and uh cabbie's like, where to? You mind taking us back to uh, 142 Broadway Ave over in Santa Monica, sir? You got it. And uh, he peels out and promptly delivers you back to Stan Brophy's house. Why don't you give me a spot-hidden Daniel? Oh, joy. I needed a 45. I hit 48. Well, D- Daniel, you still notice that as you exit the cab, the car that you drove there now has bird shit on the roof. Damn birds. Oh, this is a Hitchcock thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go back and tell him about all the bird shit, and he's going to get the idea for the birds. And we'll never see a dime of royalties. But otherwise, uh, everything appears to be relatively undisturbed from the last time you were here. You do see across the street an old woman peeking through a curtain, and she quickly closes the curtain as she sees you notice her. Is she a bird? Should we? Hey, should we go over and ask her if she's seen? I mean, she probably called the cops on us. Right, which means she is the neighborhood Snoop, which means she knows everything that goes on in this neighborhood. I like where you're going with this. We are investigators. Let's investigate. <laughs> let's roll with that. If you guys are both for it, then let's do it. Brophy! So we're all going to uh, cross the street and head up to that uh, lady's house. Who wants to do the talking? I feel like it should not be Chuck. I feel like you are correct. Sam, why don't you take the lead on this yeah, one? Yeah, I'll take the lead on this one, sure. No problem. I knock on her front door. Top-notch Foley there. After a second, you hear, Who is it? I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm sorry to bother you. We're here investigating the disappearance of your neighbor. We were just wondering if you had any information. I I, I saw you. You were trying to break in. No, we were actually looking for Mr. Brophy. He's been missing for two weeks now, and we're very worried about him. I, I, I'm, I'm going to call the police if you don't leave. We don't want to cause you any distress. We will leave. Can we just ask one quick question before we go? I'm, I'm going to call the police. Go away. All right. All right, ma'am. You have a good evening. Well, that went just swimmingly. Nice job, guys. I don't think we're swimming. Do we head to... I'm a little hungry. I think we should get some food before we uh, do anything else. Where's there to go around here for food? Taco Bell. I'm missing Yorba Linda's great Italian cuisine right about now. Will you have a map of uh, L.A.? God, there's huge dice all over L.A. Chaos and panic in the streets. You guys want to go to Big Kahuna Burger? All right, we're going to the Mexican restaurant district. That sounds good. Let's go. So what, what do you have? I'm going to have um, fish tacos. I'm going to have me a nice enchilada. I'm going to have taco fish. Taco fish? 
It's when you cut a fish in half and put a bunch of meat and cheese in it. <laughs> it's, it's freshly caught taco fish. Well, our next move, I think we should go check out uh, St. Jane, but I think we need to be a little bit more strategic this time. I don't know what you're talking about. I thought that went so well. could do it right now. I mean, cover a night and whatnot. Well, there is a little piece of something. Stuck in your teeth right there. I want to make sure I give you guys enough information, and I believe I did, did not have handouts available last time. If any of those handouts happen to come in the form of check cash or money order, I will be very appreciative. So the, these are the pieces of information that you are able to acquire in the jail and on the street, and maybe maybe the taxi cab driver gave you a little bit assuming that you question them. First off, Brophy is a marginally successful talent agent in Hollywood. Most of his clients are small players in the Hollywood game. Brophy is a tough, no-nonsense type of guy who gets hot under the collar very easily. His temper has cost him a few Hollywood contacts over the years. He is intensely loyal to those who have earned his trust and friendship. Brophy is not the type to flake out and disappear on a whim. The man lives a fast Hollywood lifestyle and does not have a wife or family. There have been girlfriends aplenty, but nothing serious or lasting. Brophy's parents have been dead for years, and he has no extended family ties. His most notable client is B-movie actress Jean St. Jane, a platinum-haired goddess who arrived on the scene a few years ago. It is no secret that Brophy and St. Jane have a romantic as well as professional relationship as breathlessly reported in the pages of Confidential Magazine. Stan Brophy vehemently opposes St. Jane's membership in the Church of Night. He considers it the people in it freaks. It can do no good for her career. The jealous type, Brophy resents what he considers the influence that phony Lenoir may have had over his girlfriend and is suspicious of their relationship. And again, these are pretty well-known things that are being reported in tabloids like The Confidential, and now you have access to that information. Hmm. Is it Church of the Night, as in evening? Church or? of Night. As in N-I-G-H-T or K-N-I-G-H-T, because it makes a huge difference. Church of the Night, evening. So just some tidbits that you've managed to acquire. Hello, tidbits. Tiddlywinks. All right, Who's we just got done with dinner. Should we head over and see if we can uh, get a word with Miss St. Jane? At least if she's not there, we won't be as noticeable poking around considering it's nighttime. The police all know the same associated people as we do, so we got to be careful because they're just looking to give us a hard time, I think. Yeah. Looks like we need to hail ourselves a cab. So you're going to cab it? Or do we have the car with us? Yeah, we got the car back. has bird poop on it. Okay, so we probably want to drive over there instead. Tell me what to do. Go, Chuck, go. We are driving to 34 Greencrest Road, looking at that, that, that. I'll put it into your car, Garmin. Yeah, on the map you can see that is uh, north towards the mountains. North towards the mountains. Wait, you're telling me Canada is north of Hollywood. All right, let me see. I've got a description of the house. Is it fully stocked with maple syrup and Canadian bacon? Has a couple of moose grazing out front. Um, plural is meese, actually. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Chuck, as you drive in the uh, dwindling light... Uh, as sundown approaches. It is a bit of a hike up there. There is a winding road that leads up toward the address. Um, you've never really been up in this direction before, but essentially it's in the foothills of the San Gabriel's uh, mountains. There, there's a long winding drive that leads up to a walled and gated estate. Oh, Judas Priest. And there is a very large wrought iron fence with some sort of uh, electronic keypad on it. So as far as we know, 
she and him were on good terms, right? Correct. So maybe if we just tell her that we're looking for Stan, she'll let us in and talk to us. Sam, why don't you do it? I hop out of the car and go up to the keypad and look at it a bit and see if I can get a description of it. Uh, It appears to be some sort of transponder, uh, possibly for an electronic uh, lock opener. There's no, like, intercom functionality? There does appear to be a buzzer. Okay. I push the buzzer. Okay, you put you push the buzzer and a little uh, hidden door flips open, and you see a uh, uh, call box speaker. I'm gonna push that button to call. Great, you hear a sort of electronic buzz coming from the call box. Uh, go ahead and give me a luck roll. Ooh, wow, that's a really good roll. You need a 65 or below, and you rolled a two. It's because I have a monkey paw. About time you did something right. After a second, you hear yes. I push the button and say. Miss St. Jane? I'm sorry, she's not here. Hello, we're from uh, the detective agency HIA. Uh, We're here investigating the disappearance of Brophy. Sorry, the the speaker was breaking up. Yeah, it break out. Could you open the gate so we can come to the front door, please? Mr. Hitchcock sent us. Why don't you go ahead and give me a persuade or fast talk, whichever one's better for you. Sam? Yeah, fast talk. Oh, we needed a 40 below and you got a 32. Hey, can you open the gate really quick? We want to go up at the front door and talk. Uh, you hear a voice, uh, Mr. Hitchcock, you say, uh, just one moment. And the gates give a buzzing sound and then they swing open. All right, I got to hop back in the car. That's how you do it, boys. Let's go. All right, up we go. You drive up towards the house. It's a long, winding drive. As soon as you uh, pull in, the gate swing clang shut behind you. And you drive very slowly up the winding drive. And there is a very nice, big, gigantic house. For a B-list actress? Basically, the driveway sort of meanders up towards the house. And it terminates in a circular drive. And then standing in the doorway is a gorgeous... Thank you. uh, A gorgeous woman wearing a stunning Pierre Balmain dress which reveals plenty of leg and cleavage. I've got this, guys. <laughs> we already know Sam is into women, so... To either side of her are two German shepherds. Aww. No, he means literally two German guys who work as shepherds. <laughs> they have sheep. <laughs> Thank you for that sheep impersonation. All right, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hop out real quick and see if I can uh, read the situation and make sure everything's okay. Yeah, I feel like if we go all three of us approaching, might right. intimidate her. Let's yep, not she's heard her. my voice. She knows that I'm coming on behalf of Mr. Hitchcock, so wish me luck. I'm going to hop out of the car, and I'm going to slowly approach the door with a wave. Okay. Say, do you have a few moments where I could speak with you? Well, I'm certain I do. Uh, what is this about? You said something about Hitchcock? Yes, uh, Mr. Hitchcock is uh, a little concerned. We're um, trying to locate Stan. Have you seen him? Oh, He's probably down to Mexico with another floozy. Really? Mm-hmm. Does that happen often? More often than I would like. Oh, I bet. I apologize for that. Do you know where in Mexico he may go? Probably on a bender just uh, in Tijuana. Okay. I know he likes to drink quite a lot. So this happens quite often? Is he gone for more than a couple weeks at a time? Well, yeah, but, you know, I'm I'm sort of a private person, so I don't like to talk too much about him. Oh, I understand. He's I a good guy. Understand. He's a good guy. And there, do you have any, any more information you could give me as to how we could get in touch with him? Mr. Hitchcock is extremely concerned. I just don't have any idea. Um, I really don't know. I have not seen him for weeks. 
You either. That's strange. He's very attentive usually to his clients and nobody's heard from him. This is true. Do you like my dogs? Yeah, they're beautiful. This this is Kaiser and this is Baron. <laughs> Hi Kaiser. Hi Baron. Don't 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 uh, Oh, you're training. Keep your keep your voice down. Okay. Uh they do tend to go off a little more aggressive than I'd like. I have the same issue. Yes, do you, do you like a leash? Yes, I do. Okay. Well, um if we find out any information, we'd love to contact you and keep you abreast of the situation. Do you have a phone number we could reach you at? Well, certainly, certainly, yes. Uh, my, my number is Klondike. <laughs> 874? Yes, that sounds perfect. Oh, great. Literally anything so except 942. And I'm going to go ahead and give you our number as well. If you hear of anything, please give us a call. Oh, this is a nice card. Thank you. Well, also let uh, Mr. Hitchcock yeah. know how, how helpful you've been. Well, thank you. And please let me know if you hear anything from him. I, I, I assume he's probably just, you know, shacked up with the latest and greatest. And I'd like to say that's possible, but I'm sitting in the car right now. So, well, thank you so much for your time. And we really appreciate it. If we have any more questions, do you mind if we come back another time? Is that okay? Well, please call first. You just happen to catch me on, a, on an off night, but you know I'm usually out there at movie premieres, and you know Stan uh, is uh, leaving me to uh, fend for myself as far as meals. So occasionally I might have to uh, find a nice gentleman caller who okay. would be willing to purchase a, a nice dinner. That sounds fantastic. Thank you so much for your time again. Call anytime. Okay, we will. You Lovely again. to meet you. Lovely to meet you. We're going to call exclusively late in the night, 3 a.m. I'm waving the car off. Go, I'm staying. We're going to call right before she sits down to dinner. Sam, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, strikes again. All right, I'm going to head back to the car and get in and fill the guys in on my the information I received. Go ahead and roll me a D100, please. All right, you rolled a 56. Oh. What would you like to do now? So that's all the information I got from them, guys. She thinks he's probably in Mexico hooking up with someone. Road trip. On next week's episode, he goes to Mexico. The, the, the overdue notice on the gas bill. That seems like something. I mean, especially an agent is all about budgets and deadlines and stuff. That doesn't seem like something he would just forget if he was just on vacation. You think maybe that's not his house? What if, stay with me here, he has more than one house, and me. that's just the one he takes people to when he's... Either way, I think he'd pay his bills. Didn't they say there was a hotel that they'd visited once in a while in town? We got a lot of a lot of restaurant names. I don't think we got like a hotel specifically, though. I'm not sure, boys. I think we've exhausted our two leads. Actually, uh, you know what we could start digging into is this whole Church of Night business. Seems a little funky to me. Yeah, do you guys know anything about that? I don't know anything about it. Is there a library somewhere, perhaps? To the library. I can call Kate. What are you going to call her? What's the Church of Night? I love you. Baby, honey, sweetie, lover. Hey, baby. All right, should we um, try to do some research on the, the Church of Night? I think it's the only place we can go right now. Getting kind of late. We want to head back to our places and uh, read your regroup in the morning here and start digging into the church at night with some fresh eyes. It's late. It's getting late. Uh, it's just now sundown, um, so it's probably right around 8 o'clock. Okay. Yeah, let's head back then. Chuck needs to crawl inside a bottle. That's right. So you depart La Canada, Jean St. Jane's. Actually, that's a till day, so technically it's La Canada. And you uh, basically drive back down the mountain and head back toward your offices in downtown LA. Chuck pulls up. You guys all get out. Daniel uh, starts to go towards his motorcycle. Sam starts heading towards the 
bus stop, which is right there, essentially. There's a bus stop right in front of your guys' office. And Sam, that's when you see a flyer that catches your eye hmm. on the bus stand. Uh, it is a picture that you now recognize from the Confidential magazine article, Exposé, mm-hmm. of Xander Lenoir, surrounded by a bevy of scantily clad witches. And let's be honest, that's probably what caught your eye. And it says something to the effect of, Would-be mystic masters, join now! Magic rituals are offered every Friday night at midnight. $10 cash at the door admits any seeker to the dark mysteries within. And there's an address at the bottom of the flyer. And that's where we'll end it. All right. Hey, Daniel, wait, wait, wait up. You want to go to this with me? <laughs> uh, we're going to move on to uh, another segment we call Recommendos. Uh, so why don't we do it uh, backwards this time? Uh, why don't we... Whoa. Matt, you start us <laughs> off. What's your recommendation for this week? Well, this week... I'm going a little old school. I found a, a absolutely lovely mod for a game on Steam called Gary's Mod, and this this is a, a game mode known as Elevator Source. It is a totally accurate and very enjoyable recreation of riding in an elevator from the bottom floor up to your apartment on the top floor. How appropriate! <laughs> so if you've uh, you want all the fun of awkwardly standing around in an elevator and don't want to have to do any of the work. Elevator source. George, how about you? Uh, I got a new cell phone case that podcast people can't see, but it is um, from a a seller called Carved. They sell through Amazon and probably their website too. But it's a real like hardwood case with a rubber outer edge. Really, so it's durable and it takes shock, but it also looks really good and it was pretty cheap. I think it was 20, 25 bucks. One of the nicer cases I've ever had. Well worth it. Brian, how about you? What's your recommendation? Um, I got sucked into these this TV show on um, on Netflix, I believe. It's, it's called Glitch. It's, a, it's just an interesting spin on uh, the supernatural and uh, life and death and where we're supposed to be and where we're not supposed to be. I don't want to give anything away because it's, it's, it's really well made and very good character development. Go check it out for sure. It's called Glitch. I will definitely have to check that out. My recommendation for this week is the movie Don't Breathe, which just came out on video. And I saw this uh, in the theater with my lovely wife. It is directed by, I believe, Fede Alvarez is his name. Uh, The gentleman who directed the remake of The Evil Dead a couple years back. And I thought he did a fantastic job of that. And Don't Breathe is a roller coaster ride of not straight out horror, more of a thriller type thing with horror elements. And it's just fun. It's a fun movie that is very violent, but has so many cat and mouse twists and turns that you can't really guess where it's going. And there's some pretty shocking stuff in there, but it's still a real fun ride. We did hear. Recently that uh, Sam Raimi and Fede Alvarez have the best idea for a sequel ever. So they are planning a sequel to this. Uh, it made so much money. I highly recommend watching that. Called Don't Breathe 2. Don't Breathe Harder. Start breathing now. <laughs> you can breathe now. So I want to give uh, a shout out to a organization that I have joined. This is just a movement of like-minded podcasters and content creators. You can follow them on Twitter at Roll4Change with the number four. So it's Roll4Change. We're just basically assembling to assist other folks who maybe need some help 
uh, in this world. And that uh, currently, I believe we are planning to raise some funds for the Trevor Project, which is a an organization I can't really speak too much about because it's nothing is set in stone right now. All I know is that we're, we're planning this. So if you want to keep up to date, uh, please follow at Roll4Change. Otherwise, I would like to just give a quick shout out to a new subscriber on our podcast, Bergolf1k. I recently subscribed on Podbean to our podcast, so I appreciate that. We like any reviews or likes or whatever. Subscribers are awesome. And uh, I would also like to give a shout out to Reddit user DJ Rob Owen, who has uh, selected us. He is going to edit one of our episodes for free. Oh, nice. Sweet. That's going to save me a shit ton of time. So I really appreciate that. I sent him the assets a couple days ago, and we'll see where it goes from there. So I feel sorry, so, so sorry for that guy who has to sort through all of our raw audio. <laughs> I'm apologizing in advance if you can hear me. We record seven hours of audio for every episode. Yes, we really appreciate it. <laughs> Six and a half hours is yawning. Yawning, the podcast. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of The Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Feel free to send comments to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Music, uh, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Meanwhile, you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com and on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. Also, interact with us on reddit.com slash r slash thelovecrafttapes. You can find my fiction on Amazon. Just search for Jeremy E. Johnson or Sheila Helsing, Demon Huntress. I'm also on Twitter at Boomstick Brew. And if you really want to know the truth behind... Well, you cut out, Matt. Then you can follow me on Twitter at uh, at the Real Weird Kid. Try, try, try that again, Matt. You cut out. Oh, sorry. The, the government must have uh, gotten to me. I'll have to uh, check, check my microphone for bugs later. The truth is out there, folks. You can find me uh, bugging Matt's microphone. Damn it, George. <laughs> Every Monday. I have a Twitter account, everybody. It's at Sam underscore Brewster 2. There's another one? All right. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye. You've got goodbye. The Lovecraft Tapes is copyright 2016. For more information and advertising opportunities, please send an email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Thank you.